have a God that gives us a blessing until you overflows. David talks about, you will anoint my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Now I don't know about you, but we have a God of glory of all time. We have a God that says, I will give you not just enough, not just your daily bread, but I'm going to overflow in your life. Now I don't know about you, but we go to the store, and what you buy for a dollar, you give, well, some of that dollar ain't right, right? Some of that was really 50 cents, but we had to pay the dollar. But when you come up and say, Lord, I give myself to you, and God says, I'm going to do more than you can even imagine. So just imagine what God can do. So I want to thank you today for coming. We are in um, our Under Construction series. Um, we have talked about love and joy, and now we're talking about peace. Now, love was the foundation to our Christian life. Joy was the framework of our home, of our Christian life. Now, if you want to talk about the roof of your Christian life, it's peace. Can I understand that? When it rains, if you don't have a, a roof on your house, what's going to happen in the house? It's going to come pouring down your head. How, if, how hot it is outside, you don't have a roof on, it's going to shine into your house. And, and, you know, the Texas summer can get to you. If you don't have a roof, you don't have protection. Peace translates to being our roof. But we got to understand what is peace. Once again, we're in Galatians 5 and really 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. Everyone builds upon another. And so that's why you have to have a strong foundation in love, and we know God is love, and then you have to have joy. We know we get joy from God because last week we talked about the difference between happiness and joy is happiness is built upon our circumstance while joy is built upon God's work upon God himself. So that's why you have the framework. And now we're building upon our joy. Now we're going to talk about peace. And so the fruit of the Spirit today is peace. Now, a lot of times when we talk about peace, we know we have the kumbaya moments. We're like, you know, peace, you know, just it's a wonderful thing. And you know, some of us who uh, can remember the, the hippies and so forth, you know, like, hey, peace, brother. You know, that's how we view peace. But peace has a different thing. When you are feeling like you're drowning, when you are in a storm, and you still have peace, see, that's what we say, well, that's crazy. See, the world says peace is when you have no conflict in your life, where everything is going well. There is no problem. God says that's not peace. That's just you standing still, not doing anything, and nothing happening to you. And the truth is that's not reality. See, those are those momentary gaps where somebody forgot about you. Oh, you know what? I need to go and hit them up again. I need to, that's when a bill collector forgot about you for a moment. That's when that family member who you've been struggling with forgot about you for a moment. That's when, see, that's the type of peace they're talking about. But God says the type of peace he's talking about is the peace when you're in the midst of hellfire itself. You say, I know my God's got me. That peace. Now, I want to, you know, I preached the sermon last week on joy. That was Sunday. 
I want to tell you, this has been a rough week for myself. Monday morning, started off with an email that got me into City Hall, that I didn't leave City Hall till 9 o'clock that night. And, and you know, when folk, I, don't, I don't work at City Hall, I work in South Dallas. So when I get called to the so-called principal office, you know, and you don't leave till 9 o'clock at night, and you've been there since 1.30 that day, and you got the email that morning at 7. But see, we talked about joy. So I'm trying to find the whole joy in the situation. This is after we have our little prayer circles. <coughs> and when you get to City Hall, your phones don't work out. You ever had your cell phone, now a little uh, bars on it, don't do nothing? You up there, I can't call or text anybody. Because that was City Hall. City Hall, like, bloop. Cuts it out. So for eight hours, I'm just in the midst of my hellfire. And so what happens, and has anybody ever been lied on? Has anybody been lied on? Not just at your house, but at your job. See, one thing when you're dealing with a family member lying on. Amen? You're like, whatever, whatever. Now, you already know that family member like to lie. But when you got somebody lying at you at work, now hold up now, you're trying to touch my paycheck. You're trying to touch my bank account. You're trying to touch my, my family, and you're trying to touch my food sources. You might want to back up. But folks are always going to lie on you. And, and Jesus told us this, that he told us, he said, what I went through, you're going to go through. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be lied on. You're going to be thrown away. You're going to be bullied. But understand, I have, and don't be troubled, because I have overcome the world. So I'm sitting there for eight hours. And the bad thing, when you sit in the principal's office, and I know I got a principal in the building, but when you sit in the principal's office, most of your time is sitting there waiting for the principal. You, most of your time is not with the principal. You are sitting there like, when is this going to start? The true start of it did not happen until 6.30. I could have been working. I could have been doing something. I'm sitting there till 6.30. What is going on? And so, and I can't, of course, I can't get into the full details of it. But what I am going to get into is when you get lied on, then you come with the joy. You got to come with the joy. And what I learned about God in my life, God said, Mark, I'm going to make you preach the sermon. I'm going to make you live the sermon before you deliver it. Because you ain't going to give no, no abstract sermon. Well, I think peace could be this. You know, I don't know about you, but I think. No, God's going to say, I'm going to bring you through the valley, and I'm going to make you go through the muck and mire, and then when I take to the mountaintop, then you're going to be able to preach it. And so what God was saying, he said, that's Monday. Monday had a follow-up on Tuesday. Because, remember, I didn't get to work or leave work to 9 o'clock. Then Monday, on Tuesday, come back, some more mess. Some more mess, trying to navigate, trying to make peace, trying to, uh, now there's some relationships that have probably almost destroyed between folks, trying to get through that. Then you get to Wednesday, it's got its own mess. Then I get all the way to Friday. Friday's supposed to be your easy way coming on to the weekend. And even on Friday, once again, at another meeting, Telling them these people need help. Man goes back, they throwing y'all in the bus. 
No, 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 brother. I didn't say that. I said they need some more resources. Now, I said that in front of the people who should give them the resources. Hey, go talk to the man on the side. Could call me. I love that. I love when people call me. Don't, don't, don't act like I said something. Call me. And I'll tell you if I said it, if I didn't. I'm always going to tell you the truth. I said, I didn't say that. I said you need some help. You got one man, but they doing five jobs. That's not right. In the city of Dallas right now, you see all these dogs and stuff around, around here? There's only 10 animal inspectors for the whole city of Dallas. Think about that. There's a million people in this city, but you only got 10 dog people. You remember back in the day when we were kids, dog catchers were everywhere. There was a dog catcher. You can't find a dog catcher now. Why? Because you only got 10. So going back, had to go fix that up. Now I, I sat back and I said, Lord, now this, but this is the problem though. I said, the Lord was going to make me walk through. So I prayed, but I went to my stress release. release. What God wanted to show me, saying, you're going to go through all your stress release. Find your Chinese food. Find this and find that. You're not going to find any wholeness in any of it. It was, I got to, to Saturday morning and I woke up with the song, Indescribable. God is indescribable. The provision that he gives. I still got my job. I'm more re, uh, reaffirmed in my job. I'm more powerful in my job. I'm going to do my job. I am who I am because of my God, though. And so I can, I can speak on these things. I'm not outcast. I'm not put down. I'm not put asunder. I'm still the man, the point man. And so with happened on Monday where I was fearful I could lose a job. God said, no, I'm going to just make it stronger. And this is what he did to me. He says, now you ain't going to find no piece at work. You're not going to find that one piece at work. So when I started working on some stuff for the church, I found my piece. Coming up, we, we got a new motto now. This is coming out of, the, all, out of this week, out of this week of frustration. Out of this week, we, you know, we had our motto where you experience victory. But I'm saying, no, we need to talk about your victory in Christ matters here. So, so we came with that. We have a new or a, a more expanded benediction. Because we need to know at the end that when you walk out this door, God is for us. Who can stand against us? So... All of this came out of this week. It's some things that I prayed about during this week that we're going to be moving on. I'm telling you, God said, I'm going to put you in health fire, and I'm going to show you how peace can work. And so when we get to it, we think peace is, is only the absence of conflict. When God says peace is knowing that we may get to the point where we can do nothing else, but, but that our all-powerful God has no such limit. Have y'all ever got to the, the point you've been trying to pay your bills, but you can't pay a bill? The bill collector called you, and you told, well, uh, call me next Friday. And in your mind, you know next Friday that money already been set aside for something else? And you told him, call me in two weeks, but you know. Well, call me when I text return come in, but you know. All that money been set aside. You have come to the end of your limit. You got some friends that call you, can you help me? I just need $5. But you know, you don't even have the $5 to give them. Somebody, can you help me move? But you know your back and your body's hurting. So you know you really can't help move. But you're going to try. You come to the end of your limit. Some of us have some relationships, can you love me? And you're just like, I don't know if I can love you anymore. 
because you have come to the end of your limit. And when he's saying, but when we depend upon God, we're now tapping into a source. Some of us have plugged in our, our, our vacuum cleaners and whatever appliance we have, and nothing has come out. We said that's a bad outlet. That's a bad source of power. We have been tapping into some of these sources of power, our jobs, uh, our bank accounts, our friends, our family, go to them for advice. And what's been happening, we've been getting a bad outlet. And what God is saying, I want you to plug into me. Plug into me. And you know what? They always tell you, you should be unplugging those appliances at home, right? Why? Because it's going to make your what? Your bill what? Higher. God's saying this, when you plug into me, your bill does not go higher, but your life in me does go higher. So understand, your indebtedness will not go higher, but your love and your peace and your joy will go higher. And so now we have to go to what is the source of true peace? Not too long. I try to find me a little picture, and it was a little hard because everybody want to put it in Hebrew. Shalom is like this. It's, 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 let me back up for a second. We treat God as a crutch, and God said, I'm not a crutch. Because what happens to a crutch? After a while, you what? You don't need it anymore, right? You just need it here and there, right? Even for some of us who have a cane. You have a cane, but not all the time. You use it when you need to use it. God is saying to us, if you want to experience the truth, peace, don't treat me as a crutch. Put the crutch down. God is saying this. I want you to have shalom. Shalom in the Hebrew means a wholeness, a completeness, a everything. God is saying, I'm in control. When will you get it? We keep battling with this control issue. We're wondering why we don't have peace, in part because we're trying to battle with God. <coughs> we're trying to battle with him. It's almost like a doctor who's telling us a diagnosis and telling us to cure for it. But you know what? No, I'm going to take me some NyQuil. I'm not going to take that shot. Thank you. But he giving you the antibiotic, but you want to do the NyQuil? So you don't want to go to sleep good. You don't want to get good. So the NyQuil is going to knock you out. It may help, but when you got that true medicine, sometimes we fight against it. We want a home remedy our spiritual life. Now, some home remedies are good, amen? You know, we got all kind of home remedies for this and that. Some home remedies we don't want to tell our church folk. But it knocks some stuff out, doesn't it? But we treat our spiritual life or our life with God as a home remedy. He's saying, no, stop from the home remedies. I have the true remedy. First is in my son, Jesus Christ. Did you accept him as your personal savior? Second, are you trying to walk with me? Are you acknowledging me in everything that you're doing? Do you trust me? Do you trust God? And so, when we get into Shalom, and then we go further down, Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and not be afraid. And do not be afraid. We have a perfect example of people who have peace. 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Who don't know that story? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did not bow down to the idol that the king put forth. He said, whoever did it, going to burn up. Sends them out there, time to get into the fire furnace. Say, I got one more time. Will you buy down? No, my God will have me. He's going to protect me. He's going to rescue me. And if my God does it, I'm still not going to bow down. Because my God still has my best interest at heart. They had peace. They had peace with if I should die, all right. Do we have that type of peace? Do we have the type of peace that if somebody does something, not, I'm not talking about the death part yet. Because that's, that's, that's that great maturity in Christ. I'm talking about if somebody just wrongs you. Do we have enough peace to say, you know what, it's all right. My God's got me. When God said vengeance is mine, said the Lord, he didn't say, you go do the vengeance. Let me handle it. Sometimes we want to go get with somebody real quick. Oh, no, you ain't give me no discount. We get wild with somebody. Don't give you the discount. Some of us go to Albertsons with my Monopoly pieces. We want to get with them. Get the hand going, neck going. No, we're going to tell it. God said you got to have a peace. But see that, going back, we had to step back. Do you first have that joy in God? And step back, do you have love for God? Do I love God? Do I trust God? Now let me step up. Do I have joy, joy that comes from the Father? Now I can walk in peace. See, peace and righteousness, peace and joy, peace and love are all wrapped together. Yeah. How I'm acting. Some of us want peace, but we've been acting a fool with everybody. Yeah. If I'm shooting up the whole place, how am I going to ask for peace? If I'm up and stabbing everybody, well, I want peace. How are you going to get peace? If I'm cussing everybody out, how am I going to get peace? Uh, that's the external, right? How we're acting, how we're behaving. Now the internal. Am I trusting God? Many of the things that we do are in response because we don't trust God. We don't believe that God's going to do what he says he's going to do. We have a trouble with it. And we're just going to be honest with ourselves. Some of us get loans from people who we should never get loans from. Because we don't, I don't know God's going to come all the way through. Because you know some folks hold things up your head. Will hold it over your head and make you a slave to them. Amen? And so we have that trouble. Some of us have a trouble when we, we get the job. We want to get with everybody else. They're up there lying. God's been doing all those things. We don't want to be set apart and show what light. But we want to, well, I don't want to be an outcast. I want to go gossiping a lot too. So when they start lying on you, then you get upset. But you were a part of it. God is saying, will you trust me? I'm going to show. They, they might not invite you to the party. But I tell you what, when things go wrong, they're going to ask you to pray for them. When things go wrong, they're going to ask you, I need some encouragement. When things go wrong, they're going to look for that light that's in you. They're going to look for that salt that, that preserves you. They're going to look towards you. But when you don't model Christ at the job, at the family, at wherever. We have struggles. Now, I don't know about you, but I want some peace. I want a roof over my house. I'm tired of this, that struggle. But many of us, we combat our peace with worry. Now, you know, 
We worry about things that really don't add up to nothing. Am I going to be able to pay your, my bills? You going to be able to pay your bills? It's going to work out. Is so-and-so going to love me? You going to be loved? It's going to work out. It, it's some, we worry and worry. What does worry do? Worry takes away that faith walk we've been walking. When we've been worrying about this and that, some of us can't even sleep at night. Because we worry so much. Understand, your worry affects others. When you can't sleep at night, you lay in bed next to that person, you don't think that person getting up to? Your worry is not becoming their worry. Or at least the disturbance in their sleep pattern, in their peace. Your life affects others. We are not individual people that's just on an island by ourselves. How Billy Ray lives is going to affect me. How I live is going to affect Billy Ray. How, how Sister Daniels uh, lives is going to affect Brother Morell. How we all live affects one another. And most importantly, it affects Christ. So how we are going about our daily life is affecting. So when we talk about that, that source, we got to plug back in. If we are plugged into God, I'm telling you, your worries start to diminish. God's going to have it. Sometimes you just got to tell yourself that. It's a hard practice, but you got to tell yourself, God's got it. God's got it. Now, let's talk about the secret <coughs> of true peace. We got a little bit into it. The secret to true peace is simply, first of all, trusting God. Then second of all, acknowledging God. Can someone turn to me to Proverbs 3, 5 through 6? I just want to talk to y'all. Just about that. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Go ahead, Shannon. God is asking, you want peace? Acknowledge me. Trust me. And I will direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It is a verse that we should live by. When we get into Philippians 4, 7. Could somebody get that for me, please? Philippians 4, 7. Philippians 4, 7. Ain't about... Go ahead, Shannon. The peace of God passes our understanding. I want you to go back to that... Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. He says, and don't lean upon your own understanding. Many times we are saying, God, come to my level. You know, we always talk about good teachers, great teachers can teach to everybody's level. God said, okay, that's understandable. But when you're teaching down to their level, am I helping that child come up? Many times we are. But God is saying in our life, I want you not to lean upon your own understanding. Because what happens with us, we stay at our level. This is what I understand. This is how God should be. God's saying, no, come to my understanding. Reach for me. Seek me. And this is what he's saying. If you acknowledge me and don't rest upon your, under, your understanding, then that's when the Philippians verse comes in. My peace is going to go above your understanding. You're going to, it does not make sense when somebody has lost everything. And that's in God is still good. You're like, you're crazy. That's what Job's wife said to him. 
Curse God and die. We lost everything, Job. All our children are dead. The cattle are dead. We lost everything. And look at you, Job. I can't even touch you. Look at you, Job. Curse God and die. And God is saying, I'm still good. No matter what you're going through, I'm still good. No matter how much you lost, I'm still good. I know you say, I can't feel it, God. I'm still good. No matter what you are thinking, no matter what you are saying, I'm still good. And that good may not be you got 10000 in a bank account. That good may be simply I gave you peace that passes all understanding. It may be it's joy that you can say, I rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And you can say, I know real love because my husband, my wife, my children walked out on me, but my God has never left this doorstep. Every day he is knocking at the door seeking me. So you have a God that's in love with you, a God that will give you joy and abundance, and a God saying, I will shelter you from the storm. So that's what we have. So righteousness and peace, it says, have kissed one another. They go with one another. How we living is going to translate in some of our peace. I can't act ugly and ask for peace. Amen. So, we go toward the end, and I want you to, during the week, read James 4, 1 through 2. We're talking about the fighting among you as a church, the fighting among you. Once again, that's going back to how we're living and so forth. And the last thing I want you to understand, true peace will never be possible until we realize God is in control. We have to stop trying to drive our car of our spiritual life and let God drive it. Get in the back seat, but don't be a backseat driver. You, you, you ever been with some of those people? Turn left, turn right, turn left. And you almost on the intersection. Make a left right here. You almost about to swerve all into traffic. God is saying, trust me. Let me be the chauffeur of your life. Trust me. Let me be the, the, the servant in your life. Trust me. Let me be the one that anchors you during the storm. Trust me. Let me be your shelter. Trust me. Let me be your refuge. Trust me. Let me be the one that's your banker. Trust me. Let me be your provider. Trust me. Let me be your protector. Trust me. I am the one that you got to trust. Let me be your marriage counselor. Let me be your dating connection. Let me be that one. Trust me. Stop chasing after everything else and seek after me. And he says, I have a plan for you. All you got to do is seek me. He told his people in Israel, if my people will turn from their wicked ways and pray to me, I'm going to bless the name. Can we turn to God now? You see what God is desiring? He's not desiring anything super special. He's saying, trust me. Acknowledge me. Lean on me. That's what I had to do this week. He stripped me clean. I had to trust him I won't have me a job. I had to trust him that all the stuff that was being said, because I was taught your reputation is, is the thing that you live on. My mom and dad told me, don't embarrass this house. 
You know what that meant? That meant what you do is a reflection on me. Don't embarrass this house. It's your reputation. I had to trust God that my reputation was going to be intact, if not better. I had to trust God that my bosses wouldn't look at me crazy. I had to trust God that he had my back. I had to trust God, and I'm going to tell this, that I went up to the MLK car wash, and we, just, we, we gave out some tickets. Said, this stuff got to stop. There's some folks in the city that don't want that. But I had to trust God. I had to trust God that at the same time as one person came on, they, they talked to my inspector and said, I know you are going to make sure they get the tickets. Well, I know Mark is going to go and try to share the gospel. I had to trust God that even me sharing the gospel on my job, he still got my back. I had to trust God. So I'm at the car wash giving tickets, but at the same time, you want to uh, come on to victory. It's a, it's a good turn. <laughs> I had to trust God. So this is what I want you to walk with. Trust God. Stop worrying about everything. Stop worrying about the emails that are about to come in. Stop worrying about what your bank account looks like. Stop worrying about what you look like. If you start trusting God, things are going to start working right. But when we go to our stress relievers, as I did this week, you're going to feel so empty after. You're going to be like, why did I do that? I'm probably praying for this. Now I'm up here sabotaging my own self. Sabotage my membership prayer. By the way, I didn't lose the six, but I lost the one. We're going to make a little progress. <laughs> All right, thanks for the Copra. We're going to make progress this week. But this is what God is saying. Trust me. It's going to be painful. You're going to suffer. It's not always going to be sunny, cloudy, it's sunny, just glorious days. It's going to be some rain. But you know what? When it rains, my blessings are still raining down to you. When Satan is at your door trying to knock it down, baby, I'm on the other side saying, you better get back from my child. I placed a hedge of protection around you, so don't you worry. Trust me. Amen? That's what I got this week. I hope you've gotten the same. Amen? We're about to go into our call of discipleship. <coughs> if anybody wants to Come down and say Jesus Christ is your pro savior. Today should be the day. You don't have tomorrow promise. Anything can happen. If you want to come down for prayer, thank you. You want to come down for prayer, this is a mat that's beyond time to do it. So much has happened within these last couple of weeks. So much is happening in the world. And understand, the world will never have peace. Because when the world doesn't have peace, it's only going to be counterfeit anyway. God is going to give true peace. So why don't you come down for prayer? And lastly, if you don't have a church home, I'm asking. Make victory your church home. We want you to join our family. Our family. And we love you. And we're glad you're here.